and you're able to connect with the truth of the gospel. Uh, tonight, uh, we, we, re- we read a lot of, uh, from the scriptures uh, right there. But I'm going to focus on specifically in terms of Mark, uh, in, the pa- in the scriptures from Mark chapter 15, uh, 1 to 15, of the account of Jesus uh, before Pilate. And as we begin uh, here uh, right now, so why don't you think back to a time in your life, a time when maybe you would say it's the worst moment of your life, a worst time of your life. Maybe you're living in it right now in this very moment. Uh, but think back to the moment. Think back to how you felt. Think back to what you did, uh, what you were thinking, how your heart was, how your soul was, what you were going through, what was the circumstances around you. Think back to, to, to that very moment. And I'm sure for, for many of you, you would say, and if you're going through it right now, you would still say, I don't wish this upon anyone. I don't wish anyone else would go through what I went through or what I'm going through right now. But because of what I went through, I became the man or the woman that I am, I, I, that I am today. Um, many, many of us have those stories, have those accounts of moments of pain, of loss, moments where ultimately transformed us into the people that we are. And we would say, well, we don't wish that upon anyone, but at the same time, that's exactly what was needed in order for me to be the person that I am today. Now, if I turn that and, and switch that around a little bit, imagine the suffering that you went through, uh, the pain that you went through. It wasn't just for your benefit or for you, but for the sake of other people. I'm not sure how many of us could say that as well, that that's a, a, a time that we've experienced where we we're suffering pain uh, on behalf of the other person that... Uh, we were not impacted at all, but it was solely for uh, someone else uh, in, in our lives. And, and, t- and, and today on, on Good Friday, uh, we, we were reminded that 2,000 years ago, that the worst and the cruelest event in history happened. That Jesus, uh, uh, the, uh, Jesus uh, this Jesus walked on this earth, that he lived this perfect life, and that he was crucified, not for himself, not for any benefit of his own, but for the sake of humanity. This Jesus that was born of the Virgin Mary, that lived this perfect life, that did no wrong, and as we read in the scriptures there, uh, was wrongly accused. They couldn't actually find anything to really uh, um, uh, to convict him uh, of. He, he died this death, not for his own benefit, uh, but for the benefit of all uh, humanity. And that, that's what Good Friday is about. That, that's what we come to remember. That's what we come to uh, to, to collectively as a church to remember and also to um, put forth in our lives again that this is the reason for the life that we have, uh, that this moment on the cross, that God on the cross, um, dying on the cross for us, that, that is the reason why we have this new resurrection life that we have. This is the reason why we have um, the joys and the hope uh, that we have during this time. And we look back to the moment on the cross and we see this, that Jesus wasn't fighting for himself there. And, and all the mocking that he went through and all the beating and, and the death and the crucifixion, none of that was for himself. It, it wasn't something that he, he enjoyed. It wasn't him fighting for himself, but it was an act of him fighting for humanity. That, that, that's what I want us to focus on and remember, especially as we go through uh, chapter 15 here, that Jesus wasn't fighting for himself but Jesus was fighting for humanity. Jesus wasn't fighting for himself, but he was fighting for you. That it wasn't just a nice story back 2000 years ago for someone somewhere, but the truth of the, resur- uh, truth of the crucifixion and the resurrection is true for you right here, right now, not for someone uh, somewhere, um, somewhere else. 
that he was fighting not for himself, but he was fighting for you. And we like to think it was something nice that Jesus did or that he died to, you know, remove our sin. And all of that is, is true. He died to remove our, our sin so that we can have this relationship with God because we were broken and sinful, which separated us from this eternal God. Uh, and because of his death, and his sacrifice there, we can have this relationship with, with God once again. We think that that's what Easter is about. And that is definitely a huge portion of that. But often when we think about that, we think about it's a, just a story for someone else. That, that's true for someone else. But today, I hope that we will see ourselves in the story here. That Jesus wasn't fighting for someone, but he was fighting for you. That he was dying for you, that he was beaten for you, that he was mocked for you, spat on for you, he suffered for you. It wasn't for a random person out there. It doesn't get any more personal than this than at the foot of the cross. That he was fighting for you. And 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 we see and reminded of this tonight that that even in the trials that we're going through, even in this in the wake of this pandemic and the loss that we're going through, even though we might go through pain and we're going through this uncertainty as as we grieve, and many of us are grieving during this pandemic through the loss of our jobs, the loss, loss of loved ones, the loss of our everyday lives, that as we grieve as a church, as we grieve as a city, as we grieve as a nation, as as the world, we're also reminded on this Good Friday that our lives have never been more secure that our lives have never been more secure, that we have this hope that's unshakable because of the death of Jesus and what he has done in conquering death and what he has done in abolishing death and the sacrifice that he has made for you and for me. Because the question we need to ask every year uh, at this time specifically on Easter Sunday is this, what is so good about Good Friday? Uh, that's a question I, I keep needing to be reminded of that. I keep asking myself, what is so good about good Friday? Because as we read this, the scriptures here in Mark, there's nothing good about the account. There's nothing good about the beating, the mocking, the spitting and the crucifying and Jesus suffering. There was nothing inherently good in any of that, but out of that brokenness, out of that pain, there came hope. There came goodness, not for Jesus in that moment, but for us as humans, as humanity, that he went through all of that for you. And to set the stage here in Mark chapter 15, in chapter 14 there, we, we see that the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and teachers of law are trying to find ways of accusing Jesus of doing wrong. And then they couldn't find anything that, that, that was wrong. And we see here in chapter 15 that they bring Jesus to Pilate after this illegal, uh, this illegal uh, court, uh, uh, this illegal trial, uh, and bringing Jesus in front of San he uh, in front of Pilate, hoping that Pilate would condemn condemn him. So in chapter 15 here we have four main characters. We have the Pharisees, uh, who are the the righteous leaders, the the um, uh, the, the the top of the uh, religious class there uh, condemning and, and saying that Jesus ha has done wrong. And then there's Pilate, uh, who's the Roman governor, who ultimately needs to decide what to do with this Jesus. Even though there was nothing wrong, he, was, he had to decide what to do with, with this Jesus. And then there's Barabbas, who was the criminal, who's leading a resurgence, uh, trying to over overthrow uh, the, the city and the empire, and he's convicted of murder. So this is a convicted felon that we read of that's released from prison. And then there's Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, the God that has done nothing wrong, that the God that li lived 
before eternity began, the, the God that's been in heaven and came down on earth for you and for me, born of a virgin and, and living a perfect life. There's this Jesus here who ultimately says nothing through the, the 15 verses here. He doesn't barely says anything to defend himself. And Jesus, he, he did nothing wrong. As I was mentioning in chapter 14, the people were trying to find something to, to pin, pin down on him. They're trying to say, this is what he did wrong. This is what he, uh, this is, uh, that's what he did wrong, but they couldn't find anything that he, he did wrong. And in, 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 in Luke's account, in Luke chapter 23, verse 22, they, they come up with three excuses, three reasons of why they brought him to Pilate. And this is ultimately why Pilate even would hear a trial upon Jesus. And three reasons were this, that they're blaming Jesus for trying to overthrow the Roman Empire, that he was opposing the payment of taxes to Caesar, and, and thirdly, that he was claiming to be the Messiah, and not in uh, the Jewish understanding of the Messiah, that that's the way they explain it, but he was claiming to be king, meaning that he's going to overthrow the empire, that he's a threat to Caesar, he's a threat to Rome. And, and, it in the, and it's in this context that they bring Jesus in front of Pilate in chapter 15, verse 1. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 5 if you put on uh, the passage there. That very, very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. And the chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. Verse five, but Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. So we see here, Jesus is before Pilate and they couldn't find anything wrong. Pilate knew this. Pilate was like, I don't know why they brought him here. I'm pretty sure it's because of selfish ambitions, which we'll read later on in chapter 15. We can't, I don't have any reason to arrest you, lest you even crucify you and to kill you. But so speak up for yourself, Jesus. Jesus, speak up for yourself. Speak up for why you're here and say something so I can let you go. But remember, Jesus wasn't fighting for himself. He was fighting for you. He was fighting for humanity. He knew what needed to be done in order to reconcile us to God again. Jesus could have fought back, but he didn't. And if you're, you had these thoughts as I was reading there, I'm like, Jesus, just say something. Like, just say something, show your power, uh, call on your angels, send some lightning, send some thunder. I don't know, whatever it is, just break the chains that you're bounding because you're God and you created all things. Why won't you just say something? And we're reminded here that this Jesus, he wasn't helpless, that this was all on purpose, that it was deliberate. He's deliberately on trial. He knows what he's doing. He's not helpless because he's the God of the universe. He's the God that made everything and anything that we see. The tree that the cross was carved from, that he was crucified, he made that tree. The, the whips that, 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 that the soldier's going to beat him with the leather and the bone and whatever uh, uh, the metal and the bone that that that, that was made out of that that, that, that was um, whipping him he made those materials he made the universe the the at uh, the cave the tomb that he was ultimately going to be placed in that stone he created it himself that he wasn't helpless in that case in that scenario but he deliberately said nothing because he was fighting not for himself but he was fighting for you and, and fighting for me. 
showing how much his love is is for us, showing how much he loves you and loves me. In Matthew 26, we see this where Peter uh, in the garden scene where the, the soldiers come to arrest them and Peter draws a sword and cuts off the ear of, uh, of a soldier. And, and what does Jesus say there in Matthew 26? Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus is saying, I have the power to stop all of this. I could have stopped this. I could have put a hold to this, but I'm not because I'm fighting for you. I'm for you. I'm going to display this. I'm going to keep going through with this because this isn't for me. This is for you. There's insults on Jesus in, in, in verse uh, chapter 15, uh, verse 29 uh, to, to 31. And there, there's these people that walk by and hurled insults at Jesus and they shake in their heads and they say, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. See, the G- Jesus, he could have saved himself. He could have stopped all of this from happening, but he didn't because he knew what needed to be done to save us, to save humanity. He wasn't fighting for himself, but he was fighting on for you. And as it continues on the passage in verse six, you can put on the passage there. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews, Pilate asked. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? See, Pilate couldn't find anything wrong, but they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. And here we see in this passage right here, the great exchange. The great exchange that we see here, that Jesus has exchanged for himself, this prisoner, this man that's convicted of murder, convicted of sinning, that has actually killed a man in, in, in exchange for Jesus uh, himself. It's fascinating here that Barabbas, his name can be broken down to two. The bar means son of, and Abbas means father. So if you literally translate Barabbas, his name, it means son of the father. That's what his name means. That here we have Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the creator, Jesus, the founder of the universe, the one that spoke in the universe came to being, Jesus, the son of the father, being traded for Barabbas, a criminal, a man of war, a man that wasn't deserving of life. And here's the truth here, guys. Here today on, on Good Friday, we're reminded that we are Barabbas, that we are the one that Jesus has literally traded himself for. It wasn't for someone somewhere, someplace, but it's for you right here and right now that he traded his life. He traded himself. He didn't speak up even though he wasn't, he wasn't guilty. He didn't say anything because he knew that this needed to be done in order to save humanity. And we see this right here that the crowd were shouting all the more, even though they knew that Jesus has done nothing, that they still asked to crucify him. And the question here this right now is why, why did they ask 
Pilate to crucify Jesus. And I think it ultimately comes down to this, that the crowd wasn't pleased with Jesus because they were disappointed. That they were expecting a king that will come and throw over the Roman Empire politically, social, economically, whatever it is they had in mind. They thought that Jesus would come and do that for them in the days that he was in Jerusalem. As before, as he was coming in, as they're cheering for him and as they're laying down uh, their clothes and, 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 and laying down the palm branches for him in the days following, they saw that this wasn't what they were expecting because Jesus was a greater king than even what, even what they thought, what, even what they were expecting. But they were disappointed with Jesus. And that led him to say, we want Barabbas instead. We'd rather have this prisoner. We'd rather have this guy who's killed people and released him instead of this God who loves, who's performed miracles, uh, who's done great things. And, and I see myself in that story where whenever it is that I'm disappointed with God or I think I deserve what I, I deserve, that I would choose the Barabbas instead, that I would choose something else instead instead of this Jesus whose promises are greater. And the question for us here on Good Friday is, is, is Good Friday good for you? Or are you coming at the cross here today disappointed? Disappointed in where your life is at right now? Maybe you're a student, you're disappointed that your grad is going to not happen because of the pandemic. Maybe you're disappointed in the calling that you received. You wish you were called to something else, but this is where you're at. Maybe you're disappointed in your studies. Maybe you're disappointed in your family situations. Maybe you're disappointed in the job loss that you've incurred or the loss of a family member through sickness. Whatever it is, you're disappointed in, in this God, not expecting who, uh, him to do, expecting him to do more than you thought or even you could imagine, but it seems like he hasn't shown up. But here on the cross, again, on Good Friday, we're reminded that God did show up, that he didn't speak up. He didn't defend himself. He went on to die, that in his silence, in the silence of the cross, in the silence of Jesus, it's speaking out to us here, that what are the longings of our hearts? What do we yearn for? Because God ultimately, he didn't die for someone. He died for you. He died for me. That on, on that cross, Whatever disappointment you have today, whatever hopelessness you feel, whatever pain you're going through, whatever it is in the form of this rock, on that day on the cross, as we're holding on to our disappointments before we even experienced it ourselves, because of what he's done on that cross, Jesus has taken it. That on that cross that day, he has already taken it, holding on the weight of humanity holding on to our disappointments before you even knew it was a disappointment, holding on to your pain and your loss and your feelings and your emotions and your, and your failures and the ways that, you, and, the, and whatever it is that you're wrestling with, maybe through illness, maybe through mental health, whatever it is, Jesus has already died for that on that cross 2,000 years ago so that we can be free, so that you can have new life because Jesus wasn't fighting for himself. He was fighting for you on that day, even before you were born, so that we can have this new life. So as I end here, I hope that that would encourage you. That yes, the cross is devastating, but it's also so, so, so good for us because we have this new life. 
we have this joy, we have this hope that's unshakable for those of us that are, that are trusting in Jesus. It is never too late for you, wherever you're listening at. Maybe you've, you've followed Jesus and you've fallen away. Or maybe you're hearing the gospel and you're hearing the word for the very first time. Today at the cross, everyone is equal. It's a time for us to dedicate our lives again to Jesus. Because every time we sin, every time we, every time we do something that's not of him, Jesus has already died for that. Jesus has already conquered that. Jesus has already shown us how much he loves us on that cross. Only for us to take that step forward and to say, God, we love you. We need you. And I need you here again. Let me pray for us. Father, we just say thank you as we come to the cross here again tonight. That even though you were sinless, even though you were perfect, it did not speak up and defend yourself for your actions this defend itself that you God have shown us on the cross, how much you love us as humans, how much you love humanity that you would even go on the cross and to suffer the nails in your hands and in your feet, the blood that was shed and the body that was broken so that we can be with you. So father today at this moment, whatever disappointments we have, whatever pain we've gone through, whatever pain we're going through now, whatever suffering we have, whatever disappointments we have, you know and you speak into those situations and you give us hope and you give us new life and you give us, you give us a new opportunity again at the cross. And we again tonight, we just say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for giving us this new life so that whoever will accept you can be with you forever. And God, I just pray for those of us now who haven't accepted you yet or want to accept you again. We're saying right here, right now, that Jesus, we are yours. We acknowledge your, your crucifixion and your death and your sacrifice for us, that it wasn't for someone, but for me right here, right now. And I'm saying yes to you right now. So Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you weren't fighting for yourself but you're fighting for us so that we can have new life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.